Hey everybody, it's Lori. And this is Matt. And it's time for another episode of Teachers Teacher Saves, Saves World. Why can't you be more like my stapler? Keeping my papers together. Why aren't you doing your part? Let my life fall apart. Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Saves World podcast, the gathering place for parents and teachers that are trying to save the world one teenager at a time. We are Lori and Mad Jones, married high school teachers and parents of two teens, and we'll be your hosts for today's show. Please take a moment to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of this information and more can be found at teachersavesworld.com. Also at teachersavesworld.com, you'll find a link to Matt's book on Amazon, Helping Teens Succeed in High School and Life, the perfect guidebook for any parent or teacher working with teenagers. We're also proud to be a part of the School Rubric Community, an exciting hub for educators from around the world that want to inspire and be inspired. You can find out more at schoolrubric.com. On today's episode, we're talking about the worldwide journey. Of Ryan Sagar. Ryan Sagar. He, man, we like these guys. These are our school rubric buddies, which we just promoted. And, um, you know, one tweet, we got a tweet from them just saying, hey, love your podcast, want to collab. And you know when you get a tweet and a private message and you're like, oh, are they, who is this? Are they legit? Right. And, um. We responded back, and this has been such a cool union it's, with Ryan and Wallace. Ryan is our interview today. Yeah, it, this whole pod, I mean, I just, I love it. I mean, this whole podcast thing, right? We're, we're getting to, to talk to these fantastically interesting people. We're meeting, we're collaborating with people. Uh, who knew? It's right? very uplifting. It I is, highly recommend it. It's kind of like we took a chance and... Um, I, I don't recommend it, though, because that would be <laughs> competition. So just listen to us do it. The other 9 just, million podcasters. Just, yes, just do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can uh, kind of live through us. Yeah. So let, let us do it. We, we, don't, we don't need any more competition. Yeah, there's 8 bazillion uh, podcasts out there. There so. are. Hey, but when all these travel bans and COVID goes bye-bye, we are going on like a tour and going to go hang out with all of these people in Austin, Texas and Long Beach. And right. Yeah. We are going to hang making with friends all, all of yeah. our friends. I just so cannot cool. wait. All right. Well, we talked a lot. We <laughs> talked a lot with Ryan. We just couldn't stop talking. So, so we're going to get to the interview. Let's Here is it. our interview with Ryan Sagar of schoolrubric.com. All right, we are excited today. We have Ryan Sagar. Ryan. Ryan Sagar, otherwise known as Ryan Sagare. <laughs> we, we, you got, you guys have... got it right. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so uh, we crossed paths, uh, paths with Ryan because Ryan's involved with School Rubric. And so Ryan um, was, uh, he was one of those School Rubric dudes. That's what I just called it. It was him and Wallace were the School Rubric dudes. These yeah. super awesome guys that we crossed paths with and uh, have done some things with. And, um, and just, I love what they're doing. And uh I'm so impressed with what they do. Like you guys are like worldwide. Like, I love how you guys, we're we're very international, you know, and, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's a, it's a passion project. It obviously started with, uh, Wallace and myself. Uh, we're, we're kind of the co-founders. We, we also have our regular full-time jobs. So this is really just (laughs) about 
exploring our passions and, and be, you know, before we, we kind of talk, you know, congratulations on the new book cover. I, I I'm oh. excited to, uh, I, <laughs> I love you. the new guy. I love the old art, but I, I love the new art and then mad props to the, the virtual campground. I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Oh yeah. The Stapler song. We got to uh, get, uh, we were just talking about that lead singer, Brian. He's going to love that you said that Ryan, but we wanted to get him to interview him on the podcast and he's being shy. So maybe that will help him. I mean, yeah. how is he shy? He's out, he's out performing in Portland. I saw and he's all over the place. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Exactly. This is perfect. What we needed, Ryan Burford. Yeah. I'm going to play him this clip. And, <laughs> and, mad pro and, and thank you all for, you know, you know, you guys always give a little, uh, a, Head, like a little props to school rubric in the intro so we do appreciate of that course, and, of uh, course of course yeah yeah you know it's, it's it's great you know that's what we're all about is collaborating and and and, and really kind of providing a platform to give voices to educators and, and and like you said we we have a big focus internationally but of, of course we're we're u.s based and that's where we're, where we grew up even though we kind of both uh went international for a long time. So uh, thank you for, for the shout out. We, we appreciate it. Yeah, and so, we, we appreciate cl collaborating with you guys yeah. so. all the time. Yeah. So, Hey, give us a little insight into the kind of your journey through education. So, you know, where you started, I mean, start with like high school, like where did you grow up? Where'd you go to high school, college, and then, and then your journey into yeah. education and where it's taken you. Yeah, I'm a PNW guy, so I'm the Pacific Northwest and oh, yeah. uh, Yakima or Krakama or Yakka Vegas <laughs> or the Palm Springs of Washington is what we call it, <laughs> Central Washington, kind of uh, just uh, east of the Cascades, kind of in the, the agriculture area of Washington, and that's where I grew up. And yeah, really, I kind of got my start in education when I was 14. Um, when I was 14, uh, I was a you know soccer, my dad's a uh, Brit, and uh you know, soccer has always been, been a big part of our, our lives. And, uh, I was a big soccer player and, you know, summer was coming around when I was, uh, getting ready to go into high school. And my mom was like, well, what are you doing this summer? And I was like, I'm practicing soccer. And she's like, well, your practice is three times a week for like from five to seven. What, what are you doing the rest of the time? I'm like, that that's what I'm doing for the summer. And so, so my mom, my mom was, is, is a go-getter and just a very hardworking person and, and really, I think wanted to instill that into me. And so she was, she wasn't going to have that. And, uh, my mom cut hair at home and kind of worked out of the house and, um, uh, and she's really creative. She's just a, an, just an amazing lady. And, and so she started, uh, we called it little football stars and, uh, through her connections with hair and, uh, soccer, uh, we created a, a, a soccer school and, uh, from age 14 to 18, you know, the first summer we had four teams. And by the time I was 18, I was doing all summer long. I was doing so soccer camps that, um, I was, I was actually making really good money. At one point in my life, I was like, I was making more in my, my thirties. I was like, I was like making more money when I was 14 <laughs> to 18 than I am now. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, that was really my, my, my first gig with kind of education. And I, I know that's coaching, but, you know, I, and I know you've talked about this uh, a, a little bit, Matt, in, in, in our interview that we did with you with School Rubric is, you know, coaching and, and, and mentoring these sorts of things. I, that really is a, a big piece of what education is. Yeah. And so uh, from there, I, you know, when I did college at Evergreen State College, go Gooey Ducks for oh, a little while. Then I went to Western Washington University oh. and then I grew my yeah, sister I'm, I'm, went uh, there. My best friend went to Evergreen and my little sister went to Western Washington. 
Wow, what a connection. Yes. Yeah, so gooey ducks. I, you, you know the, you know know the mascot, them. right? It's a big <laughs> slug. So I played played soccer there. And then, uh, yeah, we went up to Western. And then I ended up uh, graduating, graduating from the University of Montana. Uh, I was one of those guys that just like, I have a hard time settling down anywhere. And uh, out of, yeah, out of college, I went and did kind of hoods in the woods. Um, and that's probably not the, the PC term. I was working with adjudicated youth. And so we... And I, I did that in Utah, and that was one of those programs wow. where uh, you take kids that were in kind of uh, that had committed some sort of crime, and then mm -hmm. before they would kind of get let loose, they would go do these wilderness programs, and they're like you know survival. And and yeah. you know I know that there's there's obviously some bad press with some of these programs with, uh, and we I mean we you know looking back we did some things that, that like I, I look back on now I'm like that would never be allowed oh. now like. Uh, like impact, you know, we would, we blindfold the kids would come in and we blindfold them and drive them out to Capitol Reef National Park. And we get dropped off at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And I remember I'd circle all the kids up. There would be anywhere from 10 to 12 of them. And it's <gasps> like, you know, do you know where you are? And they're like, of course we don't, you know, like, um, I'm like, that's, that's right. Do you know where you're going? Like, no, I'm like, I'm like, so, so how would you know? Like maybe a compass. I'm like, yeah, I'm your compass. Let's go. Uh, and, that, and that was, and I did that for a, a number of years and, um, yeah. And so then I, I, after I kind of burned out on that and got into, uh, being an adventure tour guide for a number of years, um, in Montana, Wyoming and, and Mexico and, uh, I loved that gig and, but it was, it was, that was a hard gig because, um, he spent a lot of time a, a, away and, mm -hmm. and so you, you know, when you were working, you were always working, you right. know, you, like it, it wasn't like you could, Hey, we're having a barbecue. It was like, no, I'm taking the guests to dinner or no, I'm waking mm -hmm. up to go rafting. And, you know, I'm not, I mean, we did amazing things and, you yeah. know, Yosemite or not Yosemite, Yellowstone and, uh, uh, you know, the Tetons and Glacier National Park and, you know, Cabo and, and La Paz and, and the Mar de Cortez, Sea of Cortez were like my backyard for, for 10 years. And so, wow. uh, yeah. And then I, so from, you know, that I, I decided that I needed to do something that could allow me to actually have a little bit of a, a, a life rather than just, you know, I would have those like six months of really working nonstop and then six months off to go surf or do whatever. But that's, I, I think that's really not sustainable after a long period of time. So I went back and got my mm -hmm. master's in teaching taught at community college. Um, while I was doing that, um, doing, uh, at Yakima Valley community college, I was doing ESL work. And from there I went to Chicago and from Chicago, uh, Cartagena, Columbia, um, where I met Wallace, the, the co-founder of school rubric and, we kind of drifted apart and I went to Brazil and then Portugal. And then, uh, we've kind of, it's kind of come full circle, right? Like, uh, as far as the, uh, public schools, U S international teaching. And then, you know, now I'm in higher education here at the university of Texas. Uh, I'm the coordinator of distance learning for the Knight center for journalism in the Americas. And so I'm still in education. I'm not a classroom teacher, but, um, yeah, it's and and then you know I'm really in touch with educators because of school rubric and what we do, and we're we're really about kind of that's really the goal behind school rubric is sort of giving voices to educators and really sort of hope hopefully 
connecting those worlds of international teaching and, and U.S. teaching. And so, you know, about 50% of school rubric, I would say, is in the U.S., and another 50% is um, international. So it's, it's, been, it's been fun, and, uh, yeah, we're ex really excited about the growth and our collaborations with you guys and other people. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my journey, and here we are. Wow. And now I'm on Teachers Saves Worlds. What a... I, I feel like so lame compared to Ryan I, as far as like, I know. what an exotic, Well, fabulous. I thought I had like, I, I went from Southern California to Hawaii and then to Central California. That's my journey. <laughs> and I thought it was a pretty cool journey and a I pretty know. exciting one. And then but I listened know, to your journey. I was like, man, yeah, I have journey envy. When, and, and we could have, we could have probably had a shot at international teaching when we, when we taught in Hawaii, our, our headmaster always came to Matt and I and said, you know what, you guys should pack up and go abroad and teach. You would love it. And he said it more than once, right? right. Well, you know, when, you're, when you are empty nesters, it's still an option, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's well, uh, you know, even when you're not empty nesters, it's, 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 it's an option. But it's, it really is, I, you know, I, I kind of stumbled ac across international teaching when I was, you know, it was, I was in Chicago. I, I just, um, my, my girlfriend, I moved out to Chicago uh, for a girl and I was not, not necessarily a Chicago guy. I was a more mountains, ocean sort of guy. And uh, we broke up and, and I remember I found uh, it's in Waterloo, Iowa. They have one of the bigger education, international fairs. Now I'm sure these things are kind of, kind of adapt and innovate uh, with kind of the new norm of, of how conferences are. But uh I found this international job fair and it was really like, uh, you know, speed dating for international <laughs> teachers. And there's just, it just, when I got there though, it like really opened up this whole world of yeah. international teaching. And it's just, I mean, when you, when you get into it, it's, it's kind of a small, like it's, it's a, everybody kind of, you know, you know, it's like, you know, chair, shuffling chair, like everybody's kind of moving from different schools and it's, it's really kind of a, a, a tight knit community, but, um, it's, it's an amazing experience. The, you know, in a lot of cases, the pays, uh, when you look at the, the cost of living and the pay and, mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, you, you had, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but on your, uh, one of your recent podcasts, the, the rock star teachers, oh, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you, you <laughs> Yeah. You, you really are kind of like a, a rock star teacher, you know, like when, you know, when I got to Cartagena, Colombia, like, you know, here I am in like this, you know, beautiful apartment overlooking the ocean. You know, when I lived in Brazil, like I'm living in Ipanema, like, you know, teaching in like right next to a favela, but like up on the hill with a, a view of the Christ and, and wow. all of Ipanema and LeBlanc and you get done with work and you're like, you know, me and my, one of my teacher friends were in the ocean surfing and you're just like, Ugh. I mean, this is, yeah. this is epic. A dream I mean, come so, true. Uh, I, I encourage you all to get, <laughs> get to, to, to do it because there, there's, there's a lot there. It's, it really is. Uh, you, you learn so much and, um, yeah, you can be a rock star, um, yeah, in totally. another country. So, um, I've, not not talking about the education side of things, but since you have such experience working in the States and abroad, from a teacher perspective and the teachers you knew, um, 
you know, what were the, are we more alike? Are we more different? Like, what was it like to be, what were the teachers like in other countries that were just from that country? They weren't necessarily international teachers. They were teachers from that country. Are our teachers kind of the same everywhere you go? I mean, do they kind of, um, are the same types of people, the same qualities, or did you see a lot of differences? Yeah, I think, you know, I, you know, teachers in general and, you know, contrary, I think to what people outside of teaching think is teachers are extremely hardworking, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're very passionate. They're in, and they're the, they put in a ton of effort and that, and that's really, I, I did see a lot of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was the, the exciting thing of, about teaching abroad is um, you did, you have a certain level of expat teachers that are, are teaching there and, and, and then you have what are called local hires, right? So you have, you know, part of kind of how international teaching works is they, they really want to market that they have a certain percentage of American teachers because they're teaching kind of an American style curriculum. But then they also, as far as, uh, you know, obviously if the Spanish or Portuguese or whatever you're, there's a lot of, there's so kind of like half of the content is in, in, in English and the other half is in, in native language. So they obviously need, um, uh, some local hires to, to, to do that. And I, I didn't really, there was really not a noticeable difference between, between that, except for the fact of obviously when you bring in all the sorts of cultural things, right. And then also, uh, I, you know, I think one thing that was always really exciting about international schools is that you, you're, you're kind of following an American curriculum, but you're not really tied to all of those sorts of the bureaucracy that goes with the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of be a little bit more innovative. And then also, you know, to be honest, a lot of the students that you're dealing with are the creme, creme de la creme as far as in that country, as far as like, you know, when you're teaching at the American school in Rio de Janeiro, like I've got, you know, the, in one of my classes, I had uh, Shusha's daughter who is like essentially like the Sesame street of Brazil, like a, you know, <laughs> you're, you're getting a lot of very, yeah. uh, the upper echelon. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and then obviously all the, you know, kind of how these international schools really started were as a result of, uh, you know, now, now they're not really, I wouldn't say American schools because the population is more, is actually more of a, in a lot of places is more kind of a local hires or the local, like the local population. Um, right. But initially these, these schools kind of started as a result of the U S kind of going and uh, you know, basically I don't want to say exploiting cause that, that kind of like, you know, taking advantage, you know, t utilizing the resources mm -hmm. of a country. Right. So, you know, these, a lot of these schools popped up in the sixties the and seventies, a result of us kind of exploring opportunities with uh, capitalism. And, you know, when you go and send somebody for, you know, like, for example, in Colombia, you had a lot of the DEA people if you, in Brazil, a lot of oil and gas people. So we would have, we actually had a lot of Norwegians because the Norwegians have their oil fields, but we also had um, people tied to Chevron. And so when you send people in, like, for example, if you were to in Indonesia, it would be palm oil. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so when these companies send their workers there and they're there for two to four years, they can't afford to have their kids just miss out on two to four years of education, you right. know, American education or whatever education it is. So, uh, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, the two things that stand out are, are two qualities that I think are, are embedded in, in, in most 
uh, most schools, which is passion and, and hard work. Yeah. I, I always make that joke that remember a few years ago, the bad teacher phrase was just bandied about bad. You know, I don't hear as much anymore, but bad teachers, politicians, I think we're using bad it teachers. as a, I don't know, the reason for things were going. And, and I would say, you know what, even the bad, the bad teachers are working their butts off. Like, like the, the amount of rigor that it takes to like manage youth and to to come back every day and be on that stage, so to speak, not hiding in a cubicle, right? You're, you're in front of all these faces. Even your bad teachers are working so hard because it's the nature of the, the game. Yeah, I mean, even if you're like a, a really bad teacher, it involves a certain amount of work to even prep to be a bad teacher, right? Like you can't just like, I mean, like, like I, I remember that with, with, there's like that old movie with, uh, I think it was like Nick Nolte teachers or whatever, where like there's the the ditto guy where he just like had, like, I'm like, that guy had to like figure out what they're like, <laughs> you know, make a hundred copies and, and, uh, they're still figure working. Out, you know, he had to, he had to prep enough to be so organized <laughs> to keep the kids busy because if you just go in and you, you just wing it like i mean it's you're awful. making your life miserable it's every torture. single day absolutely hey so you uh you kind of mentioned that you got into teaching because you're like your mom kind of right your mom said you're not just going to sit around on the couch outside of your three days of soccer practice and so you kind of started this journey of of helping others um other than your mom what other sort of like teachers along the way, what, you know, some, some adults that had really big impacts on your life. Did you have any teachers along the way that really made an impact on you or informed you as an educator or just as a, as a human being or inspired you or, or maybe even sometimes our inspirations are almost like negative inspirations, right? Like we, like they really teach us like what not to do or not to be this type of person. You've come any adults like that in your life? Yeah, you know when I when I was I was kind of thinking about this uh, before we got on, and you know I you know I mentioned my mom, but you know my my dad's is it has to I have to mention my father. I mean I, I think first and foremost uh, the the biggest mentors or influence in in teaching and in just my life are, are both mom and dad. You know they're they're they really instilled into me that the follow your passion, follow happiness. And so I think that's, you know, the, the route I kind of went down and, and, and as a result of those two. So I think uh, when I, when I look back on things out of everybody, those the, by far are the, the, the two teachers that I think of most, but, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's funny, like I, when you, when I look back on high school and grade, you know, grade school, I can think of some teachers that really had an impact on me. And, and all I remember is that I just really enjoyed going. And I, yeah. I don't really remember anything that I did. I just really enjoyed going to school. Miss Hake, uh, my first grade class, Miss Buckmiller. Still remember when the, when the shuttle exploded uh, with her and uh, her showing that emotion in front of the, in the mm, class. Wow. And uh, uh, you know, and then, and when I, when I was in middle school and high school, not, not many. And, and I think that kind of, uh, impacted a little bit about, um, my college experience after, after, and, you know, I, I went to, you know, three different schools and really was just didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a very, I, I was the guy in the principal's office all the time. I just was, uh, mm. I remember at one point a principal telling me that, um, I, I'm going to be an apple picker and I won't amount, amount to anything. I, 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 I was just, I really was an attention seeking kid. And, uh, in my school, I just, you know, I, I really thrived on, on my peers. And, and I'd say, so I would say that 
teachers know. I mean, I was very fortunate that I was in a, a good group of kids. So like the families and, and my friends that I had um, that were my closest friends were all driven um, by, by education. They were all driven by going to colleges and doing these sorts of things. And so I think through peer pressure, I just sort of yeah. skated by and did enough. Like that's kind of why I ended up at Western Washington University. Um, and initially at Evergreen State College is I, all of my friends went to Western. That was like where you went. And that mm -hmm. was, it was hard to get into. And I, I didn't, I, out of my close group of friends, I didn't get in. So I ended up mm -hmm. going to Evergreen and then I did the transfer. Um, but that was, you know, that was partly, I mean, all of that, it was, that was just what you did. You just went to, like, I didn't know what I was doing going to college. It's just like what you, like, that's what my group of friends and my family friends all did. Yeah. And so it really didn't feel like there was any option. And, and I didn't know what I was doing in college. I was literally picking classes like the day before, like, you know, I might as well have been dropping a pen on a piece of paper and being like, okay, I guess I'm taking this <laughs> I class. I, I just, you know, it's funny is, is, uh, we, 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 you know, we kind of jokingly said we kind of started this series of, of interviews here as like these field recordings, right? We want to go out and, and capture some stories of the, the heart and soul of a teacher before the robots take over and, and completely just, you know, erase us from the earth. But, but, you know, so when you go out and you start t interviewing people and you don't know, you don't necessarily know what the story is going to be. You don't know what themes are going to um, pop up and, almost everybody we've talked to so far has that story right there where they weren't necessarily uh, such an engaged student. Mm -hmm. um, they, um, th th we just talked to one earlier today who actually didn't even finish high school, right? Really had a hard time. Um, even, you know, we were talking, uh, Etienne was, you know, kind of a cut up and never thought of himself as a teacher when he was in high school. Yeah. And, I'm but, feeling great about this right now, though, because of our son. <laughs> but I've been seeing all these wonderful men, and I was like, okay, wonderful men, Ryan, Matt. Uh, I know. It's just it's, it's interesting how um, so many people that end up in this profession who end up dedicating their lives to people. To education. Struggled themselves when they were young. Weren't yep. so, you know. Um, it wasn't that streamlined, just like, ooh, right through. Everything's right. great. You know, like you said, in the principal's office. I, you know, I, I have, I'm surrounded by those boys this year, every year, right, Ryan? It's those rascals, you know. And, and when you meet their parents or their mom at, or grandma, you know, whoever they live with on back to school night, and you make mention of like, you know, he's got a really great smile. And I know, you know, we're going to, we're going to get him through. And that grandma like takes you in a bear hug. Cause like, oh my God, thank you. Like no teachers ever said that to them before. Cause they've got boys and they've got rascally boys and they, they try your patience. And now that we have a rascally boy of our own, we really, you really get it that this time of life is hard. And especially for our boys, we dedicated a whole episode and I know, Ryan, you had mentioned, you talked about, you know, you, you were surround, you're always surrounded by those packs of friends, right? There's the friends that go, you know, that keep it in check, party a little. Then there's the friends that go like way too hard and you can go down a few yeah, different paths. I, you know, I think one, <laughs> one, you know, I, I look back on, so I had those, those group of friends, but then I, I, I also remember in, in, in high school, they had what is called running start and, uh, 
that was where you could get college credit as a, a as a high school student. And it was like you, you took this test and, and I did it because that's what all my my friends were doing. Right. And not because and, and, and I did it also because I found out if you did if you did one one quarter of a school in in running start, it counted for a full year of high school. So basically what I did was I just was Whoa. like wow. So if I do this, <laughs> then by my senior year, I can, I can rig it to where I basically only go to school like a few hours a day yeah. and then I'm done. And so what ended up happening? I, I was, that's what happened by senior year. I had literally like two hours of school and, you know, that was the, the, the other, the, the other side of the coin was, so who was I hanging out with? Right. I was hanging out with the guys that had just graduated and were, you know, working blue collar jobs or that had dropped out of school. And, you know, I was hanging out at the park and mm, you know, doing, Not doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and, uh, I, I still have this vivid memory of like my mom driving by Randall park and, and seeing my, I had a, a Jeep Cherokee and seeing it there. Oh, and, uh, oh our, son had, our son has a Jeep. A Jeep, oh, Cherokee. a Jeep Cherokee. Okay. Keep going. Keep going, Ryan. Sorry. Well, yeah. And, and so, you know, I was caught, <laughs> I remember I was caught. It was, it was one of the, a profound moment with my, with my mom. I was doing, you know, I was in a car kind of doing some things that I shouldn't have been doing. I remember my mom kind of pulling Aww. up right beside me Aww. and being like, and you know, here I am freaked out. And the only thing she did, she just, I rolled down her window and she's like, you could be doing so many better things with your time in your life than this. Mom, and it just drove off. And it was like brilliant. the biggest, like, you know, buzz kill, like, wow. you know, like, and, you know, it's like, you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <Mom. laughs> um, but, 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 you know, and, oh, and so, you, you know, you do realize that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of your, your group and, and, and God bless my parents. They, they were really smart of always having my house be the, the, the place where, you know, it was a packed, packed fridge. And my mom was always, you know, she worked from home. So she was always kind of making sure, you know, whether it's games or food for everybody that came by. Mm -hmm. And, you know, years later I found out it was, it wasn't just because she wanted to be nice. It was kind of like the, to yeah, keep an keep eye an on eye, who I yeah. was hanging out with and, yeah. and, and what I was doing. And, you know, I, at, at certain points I remember, I was like, remember when, it, when my curfew changed? She's like, well, yeah, that's when you were hanging out with, you know, da, 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 da. Like, yeah. And mm -hmm. we, we, we realized that we kind of need to pull you in a little bit because yes. uh, we were a little yes. nervous about that little peer influence. And, uh -huh. and um, separation. Yeah. It's a, it's, hey, a, it's a, it's a, you know, your, your peer group is really important with your trajectory, oh, yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, did you, did you say, was your dad a Brit or is a Brit? Yeah. My dad grew up in, in, uh, Hammersmith, uh, near London. So, um, but he came over, you know, when he was 14, he still kind of holds on to the accent. Oh, okay. oh, good for him. So technically I'm a Brit too. I have the, the, the British passport. I, you know, I used to brag that I had like two of the best passports in the world. I had the British and the American passport. And now I really, now that I think they're kind of both worth not that much. Unfortunately, Did your dad ever talk about like, I mean, I, you think of like a, you know, British uh, school lads, right. In their little uniforms. And, and even when we went, remember when we went to London a couple of years ago, um, we'd be on the subway and see like little school groups of kids, like on a, on a field trip or whatever. Um, 
Did you ever talk to your dad about the like coming from England to to uh, to the United States to school and any differences? Yeah, but then when he came to the, I mean, it, it, he just talks about all the corporal punishment, right? Like, in, 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 <laughs> when he came back to the states, it was he was in Catholic school too. And, oh, okay. Uh, oh, so no, he talked. Kind of I same. mean, he did talk about essentially he talked about how much you know he was so much more advanced when he got here to the states than mm. everybody because the the rigor there was it was more intense. So, I think that the, the one the one thing he benefited from was when he came to the States, like things just were much easier for him. Um, He did run into a lot of problems though, because of uh, it with college back then, you know, this was in the the fifties and and, and sixties. And, and I know like even him being kind of top of the class, there was just some things with, you know, the structural things of him getting into colleges because he was a, technically still a Brit and, and things oh, that, right. that just didn't necessarily, I think he would have probably gone a lot further had he actually been born in the, in the States and in, in, in regards to, to college and that sort of path. Yeah. Um, but he definitely talked a lot about the corporal punishment, you know, like the wow. holding books in front of the class, you know, the ruler, Whoa. uh, you know, the, the sorts of things, you know, which even I had, you know, it's, it's funny to, to think about I that. I, I, I got hacked when I was a kid, like, you yeah. know, everybody's like, you like, did? Well, um, they had it in my school and, um, but I think the parents had to like opt in or, you know, like, and my mom always did. She always opted like, she was like, can, can we beat the, you know, live in daylights out of your kid if he steps out of line? And my mom checked, yes, you know, sign on the dotted line. So I put a little fear in them. That'll, that'll, totally. that'll make them work. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we're going to get to yeah, our- I, I, I remember I, I, I had. I actually got hacked in front of the whole school. What? Like at an assembly? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they (laughs) said an example. I mean, I literally got up in front of the whole school and had to bend over on a chair. And uh, I think I was in fifth or sixth, fifth grade, I think I was. That's like like medieval. That's like a building that gets you in the the courtyard. Anymore, that just would never, ever. Never. I mean, it's... I mean, and to be honest, I was the type of kid that kind of, you know, I kind of... You know, looking back on, I remember I, I again, I was a attention seeking kid. So I, wow. I really kind of, I, I really it. kind of, I was on, I was on the stage. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a play, but I was, you know, bending over a chair, oh, getting a hack, screaming, screaming at the top of my lungs. Wow. All right. Well, I don't think that person had the heart and soul of a teacher. They were. Who would hit a child like that? No. Never. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get to our final five and five here, Ryan. Um, we're gonna start off. Uh, what are you uh, What are you learning right now? What's What's kind of uh, got you? Interested? Yeah. So you know, my 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 first order of business is is uh, at the University of Texas, and and so um, I've I've been spending a lot of time looking at sort of instructional design. We do online courses, and uh, I manage you know. Right now we have a, a course we're getting ready to start with uh, Craig Silverman from BuzzFeed News, and uh, we have about 3,000 people registered. So, and oh then we have God. this other course that I think I was telling you before we hit record about uh, digital storytelling. This is and, and this for your listeners. Listeners, you get you got to check out this course. We're going to launch it probably October 5th. It's the power of digital audio storytelling from podcasts to voice assistants, and this was with. Uh, Tamar Charney from uh, NPR and we've got tons of great speakers. And so, you know, I, I focus a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of my time learning 
things that apply to my 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 job and mm-hmm. then also that are transferable to, to school rubric and and you know we do at school rubric we were putting a lot of attention into our social media our 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 video content and mm-hmm. so to improve that i've been doing tons of stuff with uh you know premiere pro and adobe and creative cloud or a lot of things that i use and and i'm dipping more into the after effects which is sort of the uh really the baited you know motion and graphics that you see come on the screen oh, and, yeah, yeah. and so doing doing a lot of work with that and um and then you know i think the the, the thing that where i'm learning more than anything is just with the company school rubric i mean it's you know with the university it, i i am kind of you know i i'm i'm an employee uh there's a director so i'm, I'm kind of following somebody else's vision and uh we've done things obviously we've done things amazingly for with this center for a lot of years i mean we've had courses with over twelve thousand people from 180 countries and uh wow. so you know we have a way of doing things there and 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 so i'm kind of you know forced into that template and um yeah so i i think with school rubric it's the exciting thing about that is us being able to pivot us being able to uh to really sort of um really do things that without a lot of pushback because it's, you know, in, in the end it's myself and, and the co-founder kind of making some yeah. de- decisions. Obviously we, we've got a bigger team than that. So we, we obviously get uh, feedback from the rest of the team, but that that's, what's really exciting. We're doing, you know, as a result of COVID, we started doing these professional developments. And so we're doing all these webinars online. We were on number 22 or 23. Wow. Uh, we do those on Saturdays. We have a couple coming up in, in uh, October 17th. We have, we do them in English and then we do one in Spanish. Um, and really, I think that, uh, you know, when I, I look at kind of like who I am, I, I really like creating things and, and learning by doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I'm learning, when I'm learning skills, it's, it's typically the way I, I go about it is uh, I, I love, I love LinkedIn learning and through the university, we have uh, a LinkedIn learning account. So I'm doing a lot of, of those things. Like right now I'm doing the instructional design course. I've done a number of courses related to video editing and uh, pr- presentations. And then, uh, obviously as I'm doing things, I'm constantly like, you know, whether it's like, you know, you just yesterday was, we're creating a graphic for one of the articles and I want to make sure I have a certain amount of rows in Photoshop to create this graphic. You know, I'm going to YouTube like uh, yeah. every, mm-hmm. uh, millennial does, you know, yeah. and, and just sort of, it's that more practical thing where it's like, I, I need to know how to do this, this specific thing right now. And so, uh, and and, and that's exciting and, and, and being able to just put it to practice, right? Like to constantly, and that was kind of my, and that's, that was always kind of my teaching style was I think, you know, when I was a, a teacher, I, I really ever since I got into teaching, I always had a website and blended learning and mm-hmm. I was really a project-based sort of um, person. I, I do enjoy the collaboration part of it. Um, I think learning wise, I kind of do it on my own, but like, I think when it comes to, and, and that's when I'm really excited about education, where it's going right now, as things sort of change with this new environment is where classrooms will be less of an instructor sort of teaching and more of this collaborative area where people can kind of go, where they can kind of do the learning on their own and they can kind of go to these spaces and, and sort of 
really sort of engage with their peers and, and people that are doing it and learn from each other. And that's, and, and that's what I'm really excited about with education right now is I think uh, the silver lining with all this COVID stuff is, is seeing how schools are changing and, 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 and really starting to do some of those things that they've been talking about doing for, yeah. you know, 20, 50 years. Yeah. I mean, um, so. And it's the uh, healthy, yeah, what, healthiest way to look at all of this, right? Is that I'm excited, you know, not <laughs> whining like many of us do. Yeah. Well, I mean, the flip side of it is, you know, I, and, and for me, I, the one benefit, I'm not in the classroom. I mean, when I, when I, when we taught, we, we just did a panel on, on, on basically um, mindfulness and, and how people are kind of keeping care of their staff. We, we, we brought a bunch of educators in a room and kind of fielded questions from a number of people and, and just like, how do you, because people are feeling like they're working more than they've ever worked before. Absolutely. And, and teachers, and teachers now are expected to do, you know, it, it, this year, I think worse than when it first hit, it's not yeah. just moving to just distance learning. It's moving to like, you're doing in class, you're doing blended and you're doing distance learning. Right. So like, you know, how do you plan? Like it, it was already, it was already a nightmare just to plan for your class. Right. Like, you know, and so now like, what does planning periods look like now? Yeah. Like yeah. what does, you know, yeah. so I just, you know, I just I saw an article it's, today. It's a, it's, it's a challenging new, new world for teachers. But I think like, again, the silver lining is that I think in the end, hopefully things won't go back to the, the same old, same old. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, I just saw an article today. I didn't read it in total, but I just saw the headline. I was like, exactly. And it was like, uh, it was something about teachers. And I was like, uh, let's get real. This is like three jobs, right? Cause it was talking about the in-person, the blended, the, the distance learning. It was like, we're all doing so many jobs. Like every teacher is saying the same thing. We're working harder than ever before yeah. this year, ever before. That kind of leads well, us into it, our next question, which I don't know, Ryan, if you even have time for this, but do you have a favorite daily ritual that you do for yourself? Well, I, I you know, I, my daily ritual, like the, my favorite thing, and, and you know, I'm, I'm probably the worst person to talk to you right now about um, <laughs> mindfulness and 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 sort of taking like having some concrete strategies to sort of keep care of my health and wellness um mm -hmm. but on the flip side is i'm doing things that i love to do right so um whether it be with the university or with school rubric these are things that i'm passionate about and that i'm excited about and then I'm, I'm learning more than i ever have in my entire life right now so mm -hmm. when you kind of talk about like a lifelong learner like uh, i and i have the benefit of looking back on my my 20s and 30s and being like i had a i had a, a great life where I, I didn't really work that hard <laughs> um but I, I i think the big thing is you know i'm, I'm a parent now and i and uh i've got a i've got a two and a half year old and uh you know i uh, that forces me to take breaks yeah. um you know i i do it you know i get up in the morning after i do kind of my initial I do super early a meeting with the team with school rubric and the Spanish language part of school rubric. And, and, and then I start my day with uh, the university. And when the kids kind of done eating, we go for our early morning walk. We go to the after, afternoon pool when it's, when it's nice, where we go for an afternoon walk. And uh, I'm fortunate to live here in the hills of Austin and I got great trails just kind of in my backyard. Mm. And so uh that's, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying being a parent. And, uh, and so that's, 
kind of what gets me going in my day is just being able to be a present, present parent and then feeling really grateful. You know, I'm, I'm working from home and, Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the best thing that could ever happen to me because I am such a part of, you know, if I have a stressful moment here, I can just go out and read a book with my kid. Yeah. I can go out and yeah, that's true. Uh, that's I have, a great I have point. lunch with my wife and my kid every single day. You know, my wife's Brazilian. So we do big, you know, big lunch, like, like you Americans do dinner. And so every day uh-huh. we sit down put the phones away and sit and have our, our daily lunch. And so the routines for me are, you know, my walks with my daughter, swim pool with my daughter and, and lunch with my family. And, um, again, another silver lining of work of this whole thing is I think when things do go back, I don't think I'll, I'll ever really have to go into work again for the type of work that I do, except for with some sorts of meetings and, yeah. and sort of collaboration. Cause everything I do is, is online. And, and so being able to do that, be a bigger part of my, my child's growing up because when I was working at the office at the university of Texas, like, you know, hour to get to work, hour to get home, hour to, you know, park, walk to the school. And then I would, you know, constantly like, cause there's in Austin, there's quite a bit of traffic around between four and six. So I would often just sort of say like, well, I might as well just stay and get this done till six. And then, you know, how it kind of goes. Sometimes I'm starting this and then it's kind of seven. And like, there, I mean, there mm-hmm. was times I was getting home and like, I didn't see my daughter. Yeah. Wow. She's I asleep. would get up, get up and leave and come home and she'd be mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so Ryan, did you, did you marry a girl from Ipanema? <laughs> I, well, unfortunately not. Oh, I should say fortunately not from Ipanema. Good out to the Ipanema. I did meet my, my wife in, in Rio and, and actually a place called, I think it's Gavia is what it's called, which is near Ipanema. My wife's from uh, Belo Horizonte, which is uh, uh, the beautiful sunset, which is near, it's the state nearby. I met my wife at, uh, during the, the Olympics at the, the house of France. Wow, wow, what a love story that started wow. out to be. I think that's another podcast. We'll have to bring it back for that whole story. Okay, hey, yeah, um, two, two questions in one. What has you concerned about the world right now? And, and what is inspiring you that's going on in the world right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, one thing I, 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 I'm at the university, I work in, in journalism, right? So I work at uh, journalismcourses.org. That's where you can find the course I kind of mentioned earlier. Um, all our courses are free and you can go on there and see, see what we're offering. And we do them in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And, uh, so, but I'm very connected to like kind of what's going on in the news cycle. And, uh, so, I mean, it's just, obviously it's, it's, there's so much negativity and, yeah. and I think that's what really has me concerned is that that sort of the, the divide between people is concerning to me, but just, I would say even bigger than that is just the, the negativity because of the two sides kind of pitted against each other. Right. Yeah. You know, I've got friend. I grew up in Eastern Washington. So, you know, I, my Facebook feed is full of Trump supporters. I tend to be more of like a, damn liberal that's uh you know i would say a, a, a burn a feel the burn uh, yeah. you know i'm a bernie supporter type of yeah. guy and uh uh but you know i in the end i i i really try hard to 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 listen to to people and, and their sides and, and and really trying to tr- try and be positive because I, I i i'm probably the most you know, traveling abroad and things like this, I've always been a very proud American. I'm proud of, of a lot of the things that we do here. I think we're a very innovative country. And, um, and so when I, I just, 
all the negativity is, you know, it, and, and I, I can even do it with my own work when I'm, I'm not sleeping well, it just breeds mm-hmm. more negativity. Yeah. So if you can kind of, I, I wish more of the, the take on, on the news was, and it's, it's hard because it doesn't get clicks. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and that's yeah. another concern of mine is, and I haven't watched that movie yet. The, the new Netflix movie that people are talking about. I am concerned a little bit with internet and screen time and social mm-hmm. media and these algorithms that are, you know, not necessarily designed for, you know, wellness or more designed to what's going to get you to get looked at and what's going to, and, and we, you know, we're part of it too. When, yeah. when we're doing things with school rubric, we're constantly, you know, we we spend a lot of time on social media and, and doing yeah. things. So we're very, very conscious of kind of how to, you know, make sure that you're, you're getting views and clicks and people, you know, yeah. you know, following you on Twitter. And, and I don't necessarily think it's, you know, the healthiest thing. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that concerns me, but you know, here I am and like, you know, I remember when we first started school rubric, we were like, you know, like Wallace and I were like, you know, no to Facebook. And, and then we're like, well, we got to do Facebook as we're like so many teachers are like, we got to get on and do Facebook. And yeah. then, you know, at first it was like, well, we'll do Instagram. I'm like, well, it's owned by Facebook, you know? And then like, you know, this whole thing of like, well, Facebook, you know, you want to make sure you comment and like, and it's, it's, it seems very contrived at times to just sort of right. make sure that people are seeing your work. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I put in a lot of time for, these videos. So we're having to pump it out on Twitter. We're having to pump it out on social media, telling mm-hmm. people that are collaborating with this, like, make sure to comment, make sure to like, make sure to share, make sure to, but in some ways it seems very, un, um, uh, it doesn't, it seems disingenuous. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like my feeling with uh, social media in, in general, it just feels, it, it doesn't feel honest. Yeah. And, and so I'm a little scared about that. And, and then obviously uh, I, I haven't seen this movie yet, but I'm, I'm scared about my, my child getting into this and, and how that'll affect their, their perception of themselves. But, uh, the things that I'm excited about, I touched on, you know, that I move, and I'm also concerned about the environment and how many humans <laughs> there are and these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, but the things I'm, I'm really excited about are, uh, I am excited for, for schools and, and education. And I am, and, and, you know, the flip side of the, the internet is how we're learning now. Like, I mean, having the opportunity to, you know, for me to do all these courses online and see YouTube videos to learn how to do these things without paying this enormous, uh, like crazy fee of like, you know, our at University of Texas, like a full year is like $30,000 or whatever. Yeah. So, so like, so being able to really take charge in my own learning and to see that schools are, are hopefully, and, and, and I'm seeing it from what I've witnessed with, um, educators and things like this that I really feel like a lot of the changes that are happening in education in the in in the long run will really um really have a, a big impact on uh, in the end on student learning and that's that's you know and hopefully maybe you know cl- closing those gaps between rich and poor and and things like that so that's that those are some of the things that I'm I'm really excited about where our schools changing all the innovation taking place I love that flows right into the last question, Ryan, um, between being abroad and in Washington and all over in education and all those facets, what one quality do you believe resides in the heart and soul of all good teachers? Well, I don't think it's just teachers. I think, you know, and, um, I, I used to really, you know, RIP, 
Ken Robinson. And, and I, oh. I really believe this idea of passion and, yeah. and finding your passion. And I unfortunately think that I was sort of when I, and that's one thing I, if I had any regret, I don't really have regrets because I had a really uh, fruitful and fun life up until this point. But like, I, I think I was sort of, you know, early on, I was, I was really kind of following sort of like, Oh, this is what I think this is what I should do. And really, and really sort of asking myself was, this is what I really love to do. And I'll just make this my job. Um, and that's kind of how I think I ended up in teaching it. And in the end was, is really, is really saying that like, I'm passionate about, um, my, the relationships with, with people and, and, and working with people. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I, I like, I like talking. I like, uh, I like uh, learning things with other people. And so I like, so I, I would say passion is, is yeah. really, I think important and for uh, a good teacher and, and it, it comes across in anything you do, right. If you're yeah. passionate about it whether it's like, uh, you know, you know, I'm passionate about school rubric, I'm passionate about my job. And when I meet people and I know you guys are passionate about uh, the podcast and mm-hmm. what you're doing and it just, it seems so genuine and it seems you know, it's like when you meet people like that, you're just like, it's, it feels good. You're just yeah. like, man. And so I would say passion. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's authentic. It's like the opposite of social media, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real people exactly. with passion, right? <laughs> oh, or Hey, Ryan, this it. was, this was awesome. We've, uh, we got to do this more often. We got to hook up with, the uh, well, we, said, we, we, need, we need to get together and, and, and do another video or something, you know, release yeah. the new book cover. There like, we go. Uh, and, and we got to come to, we got to, we got to come to Austin. We have always wanted to come to Austin. I have some dear friends you know, that I, live I was there too. So fortunate that like, I'd never been to Austin before I moved here. I, I you know, I was teaching in, in Lisbon and in this job, I, I, I found this job and, and got hired and, and, and moved the family. Uh, we, well, we first had the baby in Brazil, but then moved the family to Austin. And uh, I, I have minus there's there, the, the, the two worst things about Austin, no mountains, no ocean, but uh, there are some hills um, and the ocean's not too far away, but Austin is um, it's, a, it's a great, I mean, music, food, yeah. um, great people, it, great weather. I mean, so many, so many great things in Austin. So I invite y'all to come here to Austin and love to have you and, and go out and show you the town. And, you know, Texas, we don't close anything. We're, we, we haven't really acted like COVID hit. So <laughs> nothing's, really, <laughs> nothing's really closed down. So we're going to put uh, a, yeah, hashtag uh, visit Texas. Uh, the Texas tourism board just appreciated you letting everybody know, come to Texas. It's like, come to Vegas, right? Didn't we see somebody recently? We saw some pictures in Vegas yes. and it was like, it, like and it was like, well, are these pictures from like five years ago? No, it was last week. <laughs> Yeah, it's like come come to Texas. We don't believe that COVID stuff. California, uh, not so much. No. But I mean, they're 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 really great people, and it's actually becoming like the the you know it's it's funny to it's it's kind of becoming, you know I I know people the the people that are from Texas or from this area are just like red ball humbug. It used to be yeah. so much cooler than it's you know it's always cooler before you get there. Oh, like, of like, course, it's it, Austin sold but, out. You know, like we got J- Joe Rogan just moved here. I know Tesla just is building Ooh, a factory down the road. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of becoming this little hub. Of, I like, uh, I listened to uh, Ryan hipsters. Holiday's. Isn't Ryan uh, Holiday down there too? Oh, is he from uh, the, the Daily Stoic? Um, Stoicism. I think, yeah, yeah. I think he I think he is here. The, yeah, I mean, there's and that's what's exciting. There's you know yeah. with the university here and the music scene. 
And I think there's, yeah, I, I actually really enjoy sort of the mix between you've got your strength, you've got to mix them. It's, it's considered probably the, the, it is the liberal part of Texas. Right. right. But then you mm-hmm. also have all these tech companies sending out because they, you know, it's, it's a great place for tech companies to send their people that, you know, first of all, there's no income tax. So like that, that's a little bonus. And then it's cool enough for them to be able to sort of send. So a lot of tech companies are sending their people to Austin because it's yeah. cool. And, you know, they, they, it's not too, it's not cool enough to send them to Dallas. So you get all these, I mean, there's just such a, a, an art, music, uh, tech, intelligent community of people here with the university of texas and uh yeah. so it's 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 a really cool really cool place you know if you ever see like uh if you ever there's a cool documentary by ken burns that called country music and and they kind of oh, yeah. get into like uh mm. the real history of of austin when when you know willie nelson and and he brought his whole crew of people to get away from nashville and sort of that sort of scene of just like you know dressing up in like a you know cowboy outfit and be on stage doing doing music and they kind of came out here as as like their like hate asbury of country music <laughs> right and, right oh all right, let's, let's all right we're it. sold we're there we're, I'm, I'm going online as soon as we get off here i'm buying my tickets all right right we'll, we'll, we'll get some brisket and uh go have a beer I, i'd there be go. excited to do that Perfection. i like it i like it all right ryan thank ryan you from ryan, ryan uh, the, the school rubric dude, that's how I know him as the school rubric dude, uh, school rubric.com. And we're going to put everything on our show notes and on our website, how to connect with Ryan, how to connect with school rubric. We're huge fans. We're so stoked that we cross paths and, um, you guys definitely have the heart and soul of, of teachers and we love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Just a small plug for any educators that are listening. We are constantly, you know, we have a, uh, we have your podcast. We have a number of other podcasts yeah. that are on mm-hmm. our site. We're, we're really about promoting voices and education. We have, we spend a lot of time with our, our articles and, and, and posts regarding, you know, people that are in the trenches and doing the hard work. And so if you have, uh, we do these, you know, we do these CNN style interviews, we have panels, we have a, a magazine that comes out three times a year. So if you're interested in collaborating with School Rubric, please reach out to us. Uh, we really, really enjoy hearing stories from people in the U.S. or educators in the U.S., administrators, international, wherever. We want to get your story out there. And uh, it's, that's what it's all about is learning from each other and collaborating with people and uh, collaborating with other educators and administrators. So if you want to reach out, find us at schoolrubric.com. You can find Great. me at Ryan um, uh, at, at schoolrubric.com. If you want to send me an email, um, yeah, we're always looking for uh, contributors. We've got a growing team. Our Spanish language, everything gets translated into Spanish and promoted through uh, our, our Spanish language team. So uh, please reach out to us and, and thank you guys for having me. It's been awesome. I love awesome. chatting. Awesome. Thanks. Sagar. <laughs> bye, Ryan. Bye-bye, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much. And just like that, another episode has come to an end. We are so grateful that you took the time to listen and invest in the lives of our teens, the leaders of tomorrow. Please remember to subscribe, review, follow, and spread the word to help us grow the coalition of caring adults needed to help our teens live their best lives. All of the details on how to help and stay connected can be found at teachersavesworld.com. Until next time, let's keep saving the world. One teenager at a time. 